0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest, but first, a quick thank you to our sponsor. The Real Estate Espresso Podcast is brought to you by International Coffee Farms. International Coffee Farms grows and sells specialty coffee in Boquete, Panama. They now have 11 fully operational coffee farms, and they are 100% sold out. They are accepting reservations for farm number 12 the idea of owning a safe, diversified offshore investment is intriguing to you, check out International Coffee Farms at internationalcoffeefarms.com. That's internationalcoffeefarms.com. We are back here on The Weekend Edition. We interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Port St. Lucie, Florida. Welcome to the show, Tom Kroll.
1: Thank you, Victor. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here.
0: Well, Tom, you're in a different segment. It's a segment that a lot of people get into, especially when they're starting out. A lot of rookie investors are looking for ways to invest in real estate without necessarily tying up a lot of cash. And that is your specialty. But before we go into that, why don't you give a little bit of your backstory and how you got into this particular segment?
1: Terrific. Since this is the Espresso Podcast, I will be quick and right to the point. No fluff, no BS. I was in the lawn care industry in hot Florida. I certainly do not have the body type for the lawn care industry in hot Florida. And I was fired from that job. My brother, who was in San Diego, multimillionaire wholesaler, told me, Tom, you got to get into wholesaling. I said, no, no, no. He dragged me kicking and screaming and whining the whole way to my first deal. Dorothy on Bayshore Boulevard where I made $2,000 and the rest is history. Last year we did uh, over a million dollars in assignments wholesaling property. Uh, It's, I believe, the best business bottom line in real estate, outside of real estate, short of winning the lottery. I think wholesaling is where it's at.
0: You know, a lot of people will go to an evening seminar. They'll maybe then sign up for a weekend boot camp. And at the end of that weekend boot camp, you know, they're out printing business cards that say "We buy houses, hoping to wholesale properties." And it's never about the deal. It's really about establishing some strong systems and something that's scalable and repeatable. A lot of these folks they really struggle to even get their first deal done.
1: Yeah, I, the bottom line with wholesaling is that number one, you've got to follow some certain. You got to. Follow a set of rules. Number one, wholesaling, surprisingly, has absolutely nothing to do with real estate. As a matter of fact, Victor, if cars were more valuable and higher priced than houses, tomorrow, we would just switch our model to wholesaling cars. Wholesaling essentially is the art of consistently finding discounted properties. That's really what wholesaling is all about. It's really more closely associated with a pawn shop than the real estate industry. So if you can take away the complexity of doing things like trying to figure out the price of a home based on ARV when you've never had any real estate experience whatsoever, um, that's going to confuse and make this whole system very complicated. We always say ARV stands for assumptions reduce victories. <laughs> so you want to put property under contract at the very super lowest price possible, 30, 40, 50, 60 cents on the dollar. And then whatever your particular exit strategy is, whether you assign that contract or you cherry pick it for a, a, a rental or you rehab it or whatever, uh, that's really the art of wholesaling. It's just stay focused on finding discounted properties.
0: Now, I've heard a number of different schools of thought with respect to wholesaling. I've even done some of it myself. It's not something that I do as a volume business, but I consider it more a tool in the toolbox as opposed to a business per se. What I've heard is that for the wholesaler to be successful, they really need to understand what their end buyer is looking for in order to have a scalable, sustainable business. What do you think?
1: Well, I think there's a few different perspectives on that. There are people out there who try to connect the buyer. So they'll find cash buyers who are rehabbers and landlords, and they'll try to connect them and go out and find properties for those individuals. I, I'm not a big fan of that. I think that's really more of being a real estate agent where you're connecting the buyer and the seller. But for me, wholesaling is Find a property or a person who is in a situation where they need cash now. They've made a very long time frame of bad decisions and they need to sell their home right away. Put that home under contract for as low as possible. If you are too high, you cancel the contract. If you're too low, you will just make more money when you assign it. And I would recommend keep it as simple as possible. Sometimes when you start with the cash buyers, one of the things that we see in our tribe of rhinos here is we always say, don't become a CBE, and that stands for cash buyer employee. Sometimes when you start with the cash buyers and trying to find them deals, you end up Creating a job where you're almost working for the cash buyer, you'll often hear cash buyers sometimes refer to one or two wholesalers as, as their their bird dogs. Um, this is something I would recommend if you want to. Uh, I would recommend that you stay away from if you're interested in creating a business that uh, hits three criteria pieces. Number one, every wholesaling business should run 100% without you. It should create over $1 million of, of assignments per year, and it should provide you with a, a pipeline of discounted properties that you can cherry pick from all the time. So it has to hit those three criteria. Starting with the cash buyers, it could kind of skew that whole model.
0: Okay. So you start, you've got a system in place, you're getting properties under contract, deeply discounted, How do you connect the other side?
1: So, what we do is we make the cash buyers play by our rules. So, first thing we do is anytime you hear a wholesaler who says, I have a small list of reliable cash buyers, we usually will ring uh, the bell and say, That's a red flag. Uh, don't do that. That means that you don't have enough and that you're kind of becoming a CBE, cash buyer employee, right? So, you start by uh, identifying everyone in town who is a p- potential cash buyer. Then, what you do is you make them play by your rules. Uh, you sell the contract. For instance, If you're going to sell the contract, what you would do is you would um, have an inspection date. You have one date, one time. Nobody gets to see it before or after. You then give 24 hours, no exceptions, 25 hours. You're out to submit the highest and best um, um, amount for that contract. So, I think what happens is it's it's a little bit of a shift of a perspective that if you can get the cash buyers to play by your rules instead of theirs, that's how you really can Leverage the, the lowest possible deal and also for the highest profit margin. So, I think some people, you know, they'll put a property under contract and then that's where it stops. Uh, definitely not. You make money when you acquire and when also when you sell. It's, it's on both ends of the spectrum.
0: So, part of the psychological game here is to create um, a sense of scarcity, knowing that you've got a good deal, knowing that uh, because it's a good deal, you've got a large enough ecosystem, it's going to get picked up no matter what. What do you do when you're early on and you're not sure that you're going to get that property picked up?
1: I love that. You know, this, I got to bring the victory bell for you. <laughs> Since this is the espresso podcast, we'll wake everybody up because what you just said is 100% right is that your cash buyer should actually look, feel, taste, touch, and sound exactly like your motivated sellers. Um, motivated sellers have three things in common they are, uh, they don't have a ton of real estate knowledge and information. They're not in the industry. Number two is uh, they don't have a lot of time. And number three is they typically don't have a lot of money. What we recommend is finding cash buyers who fit that same exact criteria. They're, uh, they don't have a ton. They're kind of new investors. They don't have a ton. Um, so they don't have a ton of experience. They don't have a ton to invest. Um, Grandpa lent them $150 to buy their first property. They don't know if they want a landlord deal or a rehab deal. And we produce what you had just referred to as the scarcity, the time. Time frame by making them play by our rules. So if you're just starting, the key is you have to find the cash buyers. You have to make them play by your rules. And when you put a property under contract um, and you do that by, you can do any kind of marketing. We always recommend if you're going to pick a channel, pick one channel. Uh, one thing that we see with new wholesalers is when you ask a wholesaler who's struggling, hey, what do you do to find sellers? You'll always get the same response. They, um, Well, I put out some bandit signs. I made some phone calls on Craigslist. I cold called some agents and I sent out some handwritten letters. When you speak to a wholesaler who's doing 40, 80, $120,000 a month consistently, you always get the same answer. When you ask them what they're doing to find Motivated sellers, they always say the same thing. I do this one thing, and i 'm the biggest guy in the county, and I totally dominate it, and now it 's delegated to somebody else and i 'm thinking about opening one or two other channels so I think by if you 're new and you have limited resources, time, money, uh, whatever it is. I would suggest start by building a big fat cash buyer list, a minimum of 150. Make sure that they play by your rules. And then when you pick a channel to find these dis- deeply discounted properties, pick one channel. Uh, don't don't dilute your efforts by going into multiple different channels to find a property.
0: So when you talk about channels, you're talking about maybe tax sales, you're talking about um, maybe something that's pre-foreclosure, uh, maybe probate, or is that what you're talking about?
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, I'll give you some of the best resources right now. So if someone's listening, they're like, hey, I want to do a deal right now. Here are the best nationwide. Here are the best uh, resources. Number one, physically going to the county, city, township, or municipality and pulling anybody, any landlord who has recently evicted a tenant. Number two is the 24-hour arrest record list, meaning anyone who's been arrested, find out where they're addresses, and then find out where the owner lives and send them your marketing. And number three was would be the water turnoff. Um, those three, if you pull everyone who, every landlord who's evicted, everyone who's recently been arrested and who is their landlord, and everyone who's had their water turned off, I can almost certainly guarantee you that you will have someone in that group of people who says, hey, they're going to raise their hand and say, please, take this property off my hands. It is a pain in my butt and I need this splinter removed. I'll give you the, you know, just make me an offer. Get it, get, get, you know, get it away from me.
0: Got it. Got it. That's like finding a deal on groceries at the gas station. It's not where you expect to find them. But if you do, you really find something that is not in competition with anybody else.
1: So, Victor, I mean, this is, you know, I could tell I'm speaking to somebody who knows what they are talking about because uh, that is exactly right. And you basically just hit the nail on the head. One of the advantages you have if you're a brand new wholesaler with limited time and resources and money is you people who are wealthy, who are already making $100,000 a month, um, they are have built a life of as few inconveniences as possible. And the reality is getting these specialty lists, it takes time and effort. You have to wake up in the morning and go down to the city and buy the, the girl behind the counter donuts. And then she's going to tell you she has no idea where to find that data. And she's going to pass you to some other guy in some other department. But this is where your strength lives. If you are uh, rock bottom, which is the strongest of foundations, which is where I started, you're willing to get the good deals and go to the grocery, go, buy your groceries at the gas station if that's where they're the most discounted. So I totally agree with you. Awesome analogy.
0: If folks want to learn a little bit more, if they want to get in touch, what's the best way? We have an
1: awesome website and podcast. It's called Wholesaling Inc., Wholesaling INC. So you can feel free to check us out uh, out there. Um, it's a great resource for anybody who's thinking about it, getting involved, whether you just want to start wholesaling or you want to create a million-dollar business that runs without you. Uh, we have some really great information for you and uh, Wholesaling Inc. podcast, which we hope to have, Victor, you on very soon.
0: Right on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, uh, Tom, thank you so much, number one, for your, the energy that you bring to this, number two, for the passion that you bring to this, and for the listeners at home, definitely check out Tom. He's got some unique ideas. I've certainly been involved in wholesaling for a number of years, and nobody has quite nailed this particular segment of the business quite like Tom does, so definitely check him out. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. we will talk to you again tomorrow.